0: Voice, magnify the king today. He's worthy. I'm expecting a breakthrough in my life. I'm expecting better tomorrow than yesterday. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. I told somebody earlier, I know how to fill the church up have free lunch, and we know how to empty out the parking lot, and now it's a commitment service, but I'm glad you are here this morning I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing. Several weeks ago, we launched our Impact Vision Initiative, and for the last few weeks, we have presented the vision of the church for the next two years and our four high-level goals that will help make the vision a reality. And over the past few weeks, we have given prayerful consideration and we understand that revival is now and that we're not waiting on God, but God is waiting on us. And we've been very prayerful about our level of commitment and we have been challenged. Every member, this church that earns an income has been challenged to allow God to work through them so we can be part of making an even greater impact. And I believe that God has already revealed some things to us even this week. God has been working on our behalf. And I can't wait to share details with you about that. If you're a guest here today, our impact vision initiative is what we are doing to set the the course, and chart the course for the next two years of the church. And we certainly don't want you to feel any pressure. And I don't want you to walk away today feeling like this church is all about money. We do this every two or three years. Uh, Our lender uh, for this wonderful campus and building that we have requires that we do this and uh, make sure that we have commitments to, to meet our needs. And uh, in all the years of this church, we've never missed a payment, and never been laid on a payment, to my knowledge. But some of these things are just required, and we're going to do something very special today as far as asking for commitments, and this is certainly not for our guests, this is for our members. feel left out. If you want to make a commitment, God bless you, we'll be glad to receive that, but don't want anyone to feel pressure this morning. Most of us came today uh, with a predetermined amount that we're going to commit in our heart. We've asked you to prayerfully consider what you're going to do, and we hope that you've been able to do that. In the pew, when you came in this morning, there you found uh, a piece of printed material. The bottom of that is perforated and will tear off. Part that says my commitment on the bottom, and that will tear off. You be sure to write your name and your commitment. We're not going to do that just yet. We're going to do that at the conclusion of the message together, and then we're going to bring our commitments to the altar this morning. We're going to lay those here on the altar, and we're going to pray over those and believe that God's going to uh, receive those and that. Miracles are going to happen in our life as a result of our commitment to Him. Amen. Amen. I'm going to take your attention into the Word of the Lord here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and uh, begin with verse number 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6. Well, the Lord has given us some beautiful weather. Beautiful weather, and maybe another little hint of summertime it's going to feel this week, but I see next Sunday it's going to start feeling like fall again. Amen. And, and most of us aren't sad about that after the, after the summer that we have had. And of course, my brother's here, and he laughs when I talk about the summer that we had as they have had record heat and drought. And uh, his granddaughter, Zaylee, is with us, my great niece, and we're glad to have Zaylee with us this morning. They're up visiting from Texas. All right, let's get into the word of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth boundfully shall reap also boundfully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, that nobody require you to do so. For God loveth a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things. Everybody say all things. I'm going to be talking to you about giving a little bit today, but I'm going to tell you, when you give not grudgingly, not of necessity, but when you are a cheerful giver, the Scripture says that God is able to make His grace abound toward you in all things, making sure that you have sufficient in all areas of your life. I believe that is mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and financial. All things are a product of our giving. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. As it is written, verse 9, as it is written, He hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now watch this 10th verse. Now, he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food. Everybody say, bread for your food. And multiply your seed sown. Everybody say, seed sown. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. By the help of the Lord this morning, I'm going to talk to us for a little while from this subject, some for bread and some for seed. Some for bread and some for seed. Lord, we need your help this morning. I need your help this morning. I pray for the inspiration of the Holy Ghost to rest upon me today. Lord, I pray that we are able to, Lord, uh, focus on what you are wanting to speak into our hearts and spirits and lives today. And Lord, every person in this room, I pray, God, you give us a generous heart and you give us a cheerful heart. Lord, as we make sacrificial commitments today to sow into what you are wanting to do in this church, and God, I'm believing that you, Lord, have already confirmed it this week that miracles and signs are going to follow, and we thank you and believe it in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, everybody say amen. All right, turn to your neighbor before you're seated and tell them, some for bread, some for seed. You can be seated. Our text opens by dealing with our attitude toward giving. Generosity catches the attention of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Bible said every man is to give according to the way he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly, not of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Hebrews chapter 7, verse number 8 says, Here on earth we give unto men, but what we give here." is received in heaven by the Almighty. Now we've got to understand that because there is a cultural shift. Because the world gets so bent out of shape when we start talking about money, although Jesus talked about money more than any subject. As a pastor, I become very uncomfortable. That's why I don't talk about money very often at all because I get very uncomfortable talking about money. And to be honest with you, to walk to this pulpit and preach on money today is one of the most ner- nerve-wracking, and I feel more nervous today than I do on any other subject, but I should be comfortable with it because Jesus was comfortable with it. Hebrews chapter 7 says, Here on earth when we give, we give unto men. But when we give unto men, the Almighty is receiving it in heaven. So therefore, we give as unto the Lord. So it's a principle. I'm just trying to give you some scriptural reference for some of the things that we do today. Also, I didn't say in the onset, but we're not receiving an offering today. We're only receiving a commitment today. You've already given your offering So today we're just receiving commitments. We will come back on November the 5th, I believe it is, and that's when our giving will begin and we will bring our sacrificial offering unto the Lord and then we will be giving over the next 24 months to see the reality of what our commitment is. And so therefore we're able to do more than any of us could do with just one single offering. When we give our sacrifice, We have to understand that we are not giving to a man. We are not giving to a building. We're not giving even to a vision. But what we are doing is we are giving unto the Lord. And when we give as unto the Lord, then he is receiving it in heaven. And when we give unto him and he receives it in heaven, then he opens the windows of heaven to return back a blessing upon us. And this is where he says, the only place that he says, try me and see if I won't pour you out a blessing that you are unable to contain. So we present, everybody say present. So we present our offerings unto the Lord. Now, I'm going to get a little ahead of myself and I don't want to be redundant today. But our tithing is 10% that is non-negotiable, that's given unto the Lord, that is what we return. Tithing is not giving, tithing is returning. Tithing is checking our integrity and our honesty before God. Because truly, God owns it all. With With just one little change, you could be in a moment Uh, in 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 a situation where you would be unable to work, unable to speak, unable to act, or even unable to take the next breath. And so God is totally in control. And so understanding that everything we have belongs to God, and what we've earned is not because we're so smart, so talented, so gifted, but because He has been gracious toward us, and has blessed us with the ability to take the next breath, to work the next day, and to earn. It's how he designed it, but truthfully, God owns it all. It's all his. But he gives us 100% to check us to see if we are remaining uh, uh, faithful to what he is requiring, and that is our 10% that is returned. That is not offering. That is the starting point. That is the foundation. That is the base of where giving begins. And so once we return our tithing, then he said, Not only do you rob me by not giving in tithing, but he also used the word and offerings. And so therefore, above and beyond tithing. Is what we do with offerings. That's what we do for missions. That's what we do for our building pro- program. That's what we do for any special events that we're having. That is giving. Giving is re- is is uh, supported in scripture as being that of seed, meaning that when we give. That is out of the generosity of our heart, not tithing. Tithing is returning. Giving is generosity. And so when we give through generosity and we give unto the Lord, we are giving unto him. We are, return, we are returning tithing, but giving and offering a seed offering. Now, now why is it why is it called a seed? Why are we why are we presenting a seed unto the Lord? Because seed is is what is required in order for things to grow and develop and produce greater than what we plant. And so with giving, God is telling us, if you will place your seed in the ground, it's all through the Scripture, if you will place your seed in the ground, I will return unto you in measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Jesus died, was buried. He was three days in the ground. But when he came forth out of the grave, conquering death, hell, and the grave, there was one man's life for the whole world's salvation. It is the principle of the seed offering. And so when we give unto the Lord, we are presenting our offering. The word present comes from a Greek word, That means offering a sacrifice. Now, this is a voluntary act. It doesn't say, I command you, but it says, I request of you or I ask of you to give. That's liberally. Offerings, unlike tithing, is non-negotiable. That belongs to God. We return our tithing. Offerings are completely up to you. Because if we sow sparingly, what's going to happen? We reap sparingly. If we sow generously, we reap a generous return. The Lord said, I gave you some to make bread and feed your family with, but some of what I have blessed you with, I have blessed you you with it because I intend for you to turn around and take what I blessed you with and plant it as seed so that it can recycle and produce more than what you give. It is God's way of blessing us. It is sowing. It is the law of sowing and reaping what we sow, we we reap. I, I maybe should have brought. Uh, a, sh- a couple of different size shovels here on the platform this morning as a uh, as a good prop to show you every time that we take a small shovel and we shovel that seed, God in return takes a great big scoop and he shifts that right back to us. So when we plant seed, God gives back in measure that is greater. It is not always monetary. Some of the ways that God gives back to us, we may not even recognize. It may be in health. It may be in a saved child. It may be in an answered prayer. It may be in something he prevents happening to us that we didn't even know was coming our way. But God is faithful and we trust him that when we give, he returns. Say this with me. The greater the seed, the greater the harvest. So our text says he gave some for our daily bread and some he gives to sow back into the harvest. There's nothing wrong with wealth. There's nothing wrong with, with having. There's nothing wrong with, with being financially secure. I'm not preaching against any of those things today, but we must always keep our priority right and understand to whom much is given, much is required. Now stewardship from the beginning, from the very beginning in the book of Genesis, stewardship has always been a condition of the heart. In all reality, stewardship begins with loving God more than anything in the whole world and trusting God. It is not about sacrifice in all reality. We use the word sacrifice because sometimes giving seems like to the flesh sacrificial. But how is it sacrificial if we know that God is faithful to his word? We can give without loving, but we cannot love without giving. We can give without trusting, but we cannot trust without giving. Selfishness asks, "What is the minimum required? What must I do? What is the minimal required?" You see, when the rich young ruler came to Jesus, what did he ask of Jesus? "Good Master, what must I do? What must I do?" That is the minimal required. Jesus responded to him in an economical, uh, with an economical question. He said, when he said, all these things I've done from my youth, Jesus said, go sell what you have and give to the poor. Was it about that? Is that what it was about? No, Jesus was dealing with the fact of his question was, I only want to do what is minimally, minimally required of me. Say that real fast four or five times. When we have a, I only want to do what is minimum. What must I do? Can you give me a list of rules, of do's and don'ts? Can you tell me what I must contribute? Can, that's why what we are doing with the vision initiative, nobody's going to get told anything. Whether you give $2, $200, $2,000, $20,000, it doesn't matter as long as you feel like it is what God said for you to do. Nobody's going to get their name called in lights. Whether you give 20,000 or two, nobody's going to get recognition for it. Nobody's going to get their name placed on on a a wall somewhere. We are doing it as unto the Lord. We are doing it sacrificially. We are doing it privately and personally. And we are doing it because God has spoken to our heart and told us this is what you should do. We're not... I've heard it said all my life, we give until it hurts. Well, giving hurts the flesh in general. As a matter of fact, I don't know about you, but returning tithing hurts. It's okay. I feel the same pain. Returning tithing hurts. It affects us. Giving above and beyond hurts because it hurts the flesh. But Jesus comes along and speaks to us about giving And and when he speaks to us about giving, he is trying to work selfishness out of us. Because when we are selfish by nature, anything we give hurts. But when we're generous by nature, everything we give returns a blessing to us. So generosity asks, how much can I give? The Lord didn't say, I expect you to give everything you have. He did tell the rich young ruler, go sell all you have and give to the poor because he was dealing with the spirit of what's my minimal requirement? What must I do? And Jesus said, for you, you've got a lot that you've got to deal with here, so just go sell it all. But when he starts dealing with generosity, He tells us, look, you're generous, but be careful because I have given you some for bread. That means some. I want to make sure your family eats. I want to make sure you're taken care of. I want to make sure you have a roof over your head and a vehicle to drive and clothes to wear and a little money, a little change to do a few things that you enjoy. And God didn't come to take life away from you. But he said some is for bread, but not all of it is for you. Not all after the 10% is for you because some of it is for seed. And if you want the blessings of God, then you need to plant seed. Now, I've been at this a long time. Well, you can make me nervous this morning by sitting and looking at me real, real rudely. I don't want to preach this back to you as rude as some of you are looking at me this morning. Show me a little love up here. This is as hard on me as it is on you. Maybe harder. Some of you came ready to give this morning. I'm up here preaching a message for those that God hasn't spoken to their heart yet. So help me just a little bit this morning. Trying to work selfishness out of us and generosity into us. You can you can tell how apostolic a person is when you start talking about apostolic giving. The Lord said, "I expect you to sow, and when you show in measure that is that is selfish, I'm just gonna I'm gonna, I don't have to do this, so I'm just gonna give a little bit." then don't expect God to open the floodgates of heaven and pour out miracles in your life. There's not a week that goes by that I don't get requests to somebody pastor pray for a miracle and they're like I'm like what's what's the miracle Well I need this and that and the other and they're needing big broad things but they can't be faithful over the little things listen your faithfulness to God is important because it is how he judges what he is able to do i got to be careful not to be too long today. But I, I've got to tell you, he says, until you, you, until you sow the seed, you release God by sowing the seed to be able to bless you. But if you withhold the seed, if you withhold the seed, you are causing God, who is faithful and just, to not be able to bless you when he would like to bless you. Does that make sense? So so somebody else over here is faithful in their giving and they're a liberal giver and blessings are happening in their life. Somebody over here is stingy and they're selfish and they're saying, "I don't understand why that I'm not being blessed. I don't understand why the floodgates of heaven are not opening. Are you holding it all for bread?" Or are you giving a liberal amount for using a liberal amount for seed? Revival and growth has always come to a generous church. When we become generous, It's from from the book of Acts. We can go through and find it where they gave, they sacrificed, and then God in turn turned around. And so in your giving, you may give financially. It is our way of sacrifice. It is our way of giving. But the Lord turns around and blesses us in ways that has nothing to do with our finances. That is because he is God and how God works. Here's what the scripture says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What did it say? First. First. It is the principle of firsts. Seek first the kingdom of God. He required the first and the best of the field and the first and the best of the herd. And then, that's the Old Testament. Now, in the New Testament, he requires the first, the tithe. And then he tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. If the apostolic church would fall out of love with this world and the things of the world and fall in love with souls, it would blow your mind the kind of revival that would sweep this nation. But we get so caught up trying to get ahead of everybody else and have more than everybody else that we get so in debt that we need it all for for, for, for bread because we're trying to pay credit card debt. And if that's you, you need to see the newcomers and say, hey, I want to be part of the blessed life. I need to get out of debt. He gave some for bread and some for seed. Here's what the scripture said Where your treasures, Matthew chapter 6, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, I, I've. I've Like I said, I've been at this for a very long time. I've heard a lot of people say, well, if God will do this for me, then I will, in return, I'll do this for God. That is not what the Scripture says. God doesn't play by your rules. You be faithful to God. You you seek first the kingdom of God. Then all the things will be added. You put God first. Watch the treasure where your treasure is. let me have a record of your bank account. Not really, I don't want to see it. But if I had a record of your bank account, I can tell you where your treasure is. It's the first thing you pay every month. Those are the things that you treasure the most. You want to make sure that that got taken care of before anything else. You can tell where a person's treasure is by what they do first. That's why that he required the first. That's what tithing is. It is the first. Because he says the heart will always follow the treasure. See, we have a mixed view. We think the treasure will follow the heart. Well, if you get your heart in it, then you'll start giving. No, start giving and then your heart will get in it. People who live on bare minimums are not the people that just absolutely love everything that God is doing and love His church. It is the people that sacrifice and say, I'm going to sow, I'm going to sow. And when you have blood, blood, sweat, tears, and finances involved, then you will love the church because your heart will follow the treasure the thing i invest in will become the focus of my thoughts and my emotions everybody say amen, amen. the rest of you say amen. amen your treasure doesn't follow your heart but your heart follows your treasure if we become selfish and hoard everything for our own bread and don't give seed here's the principle harvest will cease Does that make sense? If we don't plant seed, harvest will cease. The Bible said that the tithe of everything belongs to the Lord. I've had people say, Well, I tithe my day job, but my sideline is for me. That's not how the Bible says it. It doesn't say give the tithe of your day job. It says the first of everything. Everybody say everything. The first of everything, both in the field. And of the herd. That means everything. The first of everything belonged to the Lord. Le- Leviticus chapter 27, verse number 30. A tithe of everything from land, whether it be of grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. The tithe belongs to God. If it belongs to God, it's not mine. Right? It's not mine. Most people wouldn't dare take money from the offering plate. Why is that? But, oh, no way. That's God's money. I'm not touching God's money. But so many... St- God in tithing. I'm not making this up. This is what Malachi chapter 3 says. Will a man rob God? No way! I wouldn't rob God, yet ye have robbed me. But where have I robbed you? The question is raised. In tithes and offerings. Will I give my 10%? How about offerings? That's the seed. Some for bread and some for seed. That's the 90 That's what's left. God created giving as a test of our faith. God doesn't need our money to do what he wants to do. You don't buy miracles. I don't want want to, when I talk about miracles that are going to happen from our giving, it is just a process of the way God's blessings come to us. It will be answered prayers that we didn't think God was going to ever answer. It's just how God works, but your money doesn't buy miracles. Your money doesn't buy salvation. Your money doesn't get you to heaven. But your money, your money in return will get the blessings of God returned back into your life because it gets greed and selfishness out of our life and we get replaced with generosity and the blessings of God. So every time you reap a harvest, God is testing you. Do you still trust me? My tithe is not mine to withhold, but it belongs to the Lord. I've heard people say, show me tithing in Scripture. It is all through. It started in the beginning with Melchizedek, and the principle follows all the way through into the New Testament because it is the principle of first fruits. The principle of first fruits has followed us all the way through. And then of the 90, some for bread. Everybody say, some for bread some for seed. And then he expects us, he expects us to be good good stewards of what he has left us. Seed, on the other hand, are your future harvest. There is a promise in seed. When you put seed in the ground, we were working yesterday here at the church and we were talking about the good salsa that Brother Pugh makes and uh, our sister Pugh maybe is the one that really makes it, I don't know. He says he does, but I'm trusting it may be a conglomeration, but he was telling me about the, the, the um, he he's grows all the tomatoes, if you haven't had their their salsa, uh, don't ask for any, I've got dibs on any extra that they have, perhaps the best salsa, and I'm a, kind of a salsa con, connoisseur and and uh, at least in my own mind, and perhaps the best salsa I've ever had, and the reason is because is I like fresh tomatoes and everything that he uses. Fresh and man, it's such a fresh, great salsa. And and so he understands the principles. Some of you are gardeners and understands the principles of sowing. Because here's the deal: you can't go out and take three or four kernels and drop in the ground and expect you're going to have a cornfield that looks like that that you know looks like the one uh, across the street over here. It just doesn't happen that way. If you want to reap bountifully, then you have to sow boundfully. the seed of our blessings. If we understood that God God doesn't have to have our money to do anything. God can do anything He wants to do. He's God. But it is it is a, from the heart of man He does a heart check with man and we give and it reveals to us To others and to God, what is going on in our heart? Offerings answer the question of how thankful are you for what God is doing in your life. The next question that it answers is how much do you trust God? The third thing is to what level do you trust the Word of God That when we sow the seed that He will return to us. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 Give and it shall be given good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over. This is the principle that I'm trying to bring to you this morning. When we give we are giving back to Him what belongs to Him already. Let me help you understand this. Being a father of Three fine young men. Dylan, of course, being here this morning, uh, asked me to say that he was the best looking of the three. So, growing up, when they're eight, nine, ten years old, they would say, "Dad, I need twenty dollars." Anybody know what that feels like? So I give them twenty dollars. And then they go to Walmart and they spend 10 on themselves and then they buy me a birthday present with the other 10. And then they bring it back to me and say, look dad, look what I'm giving you with my hard earned money. Dylan might have added. Now as a parent, how do we respond to that? Do we say, Nah, I don't want that. I bought that. That's not a gift. No, he had no ability to be able to earn. He's 8, nine, ten years old. He doesn't have the ability to be able to earn in a measure that he could actually give a significant gift. So what he's doing is taking what I have given him and in return, he's given me a gift. And so whatever it was that he gave me, something that he probably wanted to use. Brother Jerry, I think we have some guests trying to get in the door. So, I would give to Brother Jerry and I I'm sorry. could be a comedy show very quickly. Thank God it's the house of God. We can laugh a little bit. Particularly when I make mistakes or have distractions. Where was I? Should we just dismiss? So I give Dylan $20 and he buys me a $10 gift and he brings it to me and when I get the gift I say, oh, wow, Dylan, that is so nice. This is wonderful. Three bags of chocolate candy. And he's like, open it, let's have some. And I brag on him and I compliment and I tell him how great it is and how wonderful it is, yet it was my money he bought it with. I'm trying to help you, I'm trying to give you a principle now. Because everything we have is a gift from God. We are nothing in of ourselves. And so when we turn around and think, man, look at what I'm giving. No, we're giving what He's already given us. But it's a matter of generosity, it's the principle of the matter. Malachi chapter 3. Here's what He says here's what your generosity, here's what your giving does. Malachi chapter 3, verse 11. And I will rebuke, everybody say rebuke. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. I will, everybody say rebuke the devourer. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. This is what the Lord says. In your garden, the fruit's not going to fall off the trees before it's season. I'm going to make everything. You see, the whole deal is, is we wonder, oh, how in the world, how in the world are they so blessed? Because when you're a giver, it's the little things. The worms don't eat up the fruit. I'm putting it in gardening terms. Are you with me this morning? The fruit's not going to fall off the tree until it's time for you to harvest. God is going to work out the details of your life that you can't do for your own self. And he does it because of your giving. He says, I will rebuke. Everybody say rebuke. Rebuke. I will rebuke the devourer. That means to cause, to wither. God will cause the seed of the devourer to wither. You know what, what thorns and thistles are? They're a product of man's sin. It's what grows up in the garden. It's the the weeds that grow up in the garden and compete with the seed, the good seed that you plant. That's why it rains on the just and the unjust. But why does the just still live and be blessed when the unjust doesn't have the same blessings in their life? This is the principle right here. Because he said, when you give, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So in other words, the devourer, the devourer comes to devour your seed, to choke out your harvest. But the Lord says when you're faithful, I will for your sake cause your seed to overtake the seed of the devourer. And he said, I do it for your sake. Because you were generous because you give. Somebody shout, you can't give God. The scripture is putting in gardening terms what he is saying here. Because the devourer. Would like to destroy us, to take, he comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundant. The more abundant of that, he will fill you with the Holy Ghost. But your generosity opens the floodgates of heaven for the more abundant life. And he rebukes the devourer for our sake. I won't be much longer. Everybody say thank God for that. The devourer's seed will wither. When you're a giver, you've signed up for the best crop insurance policy available. Because when you put seed in the ground, the crows aren't going to come pick it out. When you're a giver, you know what happens? I I was raised in a home of a giver. Gary, our dad perhaps was one of the most generous givers that... That, that I have known in all of my lifetime and probably yours and yours is much longer lifetime than mine. If you haven't met him, this is Gary. He's my much older brother. I have the microphone. Our dad is, a, even to now... A, very generous man through giving. I remember in my growing up years when dad would get in a financial bind and you know what he would say? Got to give my way out of it. What? You're in a tough season. Yep, but some's for bread, but the other, it's for seed. Because you know how you give your way out of it? Plant more seed. Because the more seed you plant, the more crop I'm going to harvest. And so today, I feel the pain of making it seed. But tomorrow... But tomorrow, I stand in this pulpit today not because I'm the most gifted, the most talented, the most educated. I stand in this pulpit today on the back of a father that said, I'm going to sow, I'm going to sow, I'm going to sow. And his kids are saved because of his sowing. His grandkids are saved because of his sowing. know what the devil's throwing at me, I dare you to say, I'm giving. I'm giving every time you give. You know what you're saying? The Lord rebuke you the Lord rebuke you because it is not you. People want to go around and they order things around in the spirit now like it's a a McDonald's line. I'll have this miracle and that miracle and I'll have this and that and the other and I'll just order what I want. I don't don't really find the precedent for that in scripture but I do find where the Lord, when the Lord rebukes the devil, uh we resist the devil but when the Lord rebukes the devil is when you give every time you give. you You don't have to say I'm rebuking you with my offering but when you give you you just say the Lord is rebuking you the Lord is he's devouring the devourer because of our liberal giving and my seed is going to overtake the evil seed not because of my ability but God said try me and see if I won't pour you out a blessing, because of your faithfulness, because you have been planting good seed, the Lord said, I will. I will rebuke the devourer. I will see to it that your seed is blessed. I will do it for you because your good seed causes God to fight for you. Oh, let's lift our hands right where we are and thank the Lord for his promises regarding to every sacrifice, every faithful part of your giving. Come on, thank him with all of your heart right now. You've been presented with a commitment card. I want you to take that commitment card. I want you to tear it off, tear it off out of the bottom. You can keep the top two portions of that trifold. Take the bottom, take it off. Be sure to write your name at the top and then fill that out. Let the Lord speak to your heart right now. Please. Consider not to just give in one area. There's six challenges, six areas of giving. And while it may seem small in certain boxes for one or the other, give in all six, sacrifice in all six areas. If you haven't had time to have a family meeting, maybe you need to move to where your spouse is right now to have an agreement. And we're going to do this together today. If you have an income, if you're a youth with an income and you plan to give, be sure to clear that with your parents. If you need to move to where they are before you make that commitment, do so. Some for bread and some for seed. This commitment is not about what you're able to give today. This is what you're going to do over the next 24 months. We're not receiving an offering today. That will be on November the 5th. But today we're asking for your commitment. Once you fill out your commitment cards, here's what we're going to do in just a moment. I'm going to have you stand with me. After we stand, you're going to be invited to walk to the front of this room, and I want you to bring that card with you when you walk to the front of this room. We're just going to lay it out across the altar. You can lay them face down where it's not visible what you are personally giving. We've already met with the usher staff, and they already know how to handle all of these things. This is personal, this is private, and we'll keep that for your sake. But when you come forward with that card and you lay that card on the on the altar today, I want you to come with a grateful heart. I want you to walk to the front of this room and the prayers that you've been praying that God has not yet answered, I want you to walk to the front of this room and say that the, the Lord rebuke you off of me. I want you to speak Speak to every mountain in your life and declare it's going to be removed because of my faithfulness. The Lord is going to open the floodgates of heaven, the windows of heaven. I believe in miracles are going to happen over the next few weeks and next few months. We're going to hear reports of what God is doing in our lives. We've done this before and every time we do there have been reports of miracles. I look across this room and see miracle after miracle sitting in this room because of the sacrifices that have been made. Stand with me now all across the room. God wants to use you. Lift your hands with me if it's appropriate and you're not riding right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God, I ask you to move on every heart, every mind, every soul. God, every person that has a pen in their hand right now, Lord, and is making that commitment, I pray your blessings upon them. Lord, move upon our hearts to do what you would have us to do today let us respond to your will and your word in Jesus name when you feel led you can walk to the front and stay here in the front as you bring your commitment cards I close with this this morning if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost God has placed a river within you God wants to use you to be a blessing if you're a spouse sir Child, a relative of someone that is giving, feel free to join them here in the front. Not, I want the whole church to respond with this. If somebody representing your you are coming and giving, I want you to feel to step to the front with them this morning. God has put a river within us. It is a river that is supposed to flow out of us. If we put a wall around the river, stop the river from flowing out of us. God will stop sending the blessing to us because the blessings God sends to us he sends so they can flow through us and out of us. That's why he says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. I believe your commitment this morning is God. God seeing I'm not creating a dam to have a reservoir unto myself. But I want His Spirit, His power, and His blessings to flow through me because what He has given in return, we are giving. Come on, there's a blessing in the house. Why don't you lift your hands all over the room right now. There's a blessing in the house. If you've been praying prayers, come on, let's turn our mind toward the Lord right now. If you've been praying prayers that seem to be going unanswered, I want you to declare it right now. I believe God's going to hear your prayer today. If you're needing a miracle in your life, I believe God is going to send that miracle to your life. You're seeing about the kingdom of God. This isn't for a vacation. This isn't a gift for the staff here of the church. This isn't to buy gold and utensils for the house of the Lord. This is to keep the work of ministry moving forward. Come on, there's a river, there's a river flowing out of you this morning. There's a river flowing out of you this morning. Come on, let's commit to the Lord. God, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be faithful in all my ways. Come on, I'm, I'm giving my everything to you, Lord.
1: Oh yes. I surrender.
0: Going to declare those lost family members, those lost children and grandchildren, that God's here in your prayer right now. Come on, all over this room. Let's just turn this house into a prayer room for a moment. you to find somebody to connect with right now and I want you to join together with them if you care to share a prayer request with them you do it right now let them know what I'm believing God for what I'm trusting God for what I'm believing God to do in my life come on connect with somebody right now ask them, take the time to ask them what am I praying for what can I agree together with you over right now what can we trust God to do maybe you just want to say I want to leave it unspoken but I want you to agree together with me over that unspoken need God is able come on grab them by the hand or the shoulder agree together pray with them right now
1: in the name of Jesus
0: to become generous, God begins to be even more generous to us. Come on, heal bless.